Hi, everybody. Happy Friday, or whenever you might be listening to this. I am actually coming to you live from a hotel room in Maui, Hawaii. I earned a trip with my network marketing company. Um, It's something that is given to all of the people who have reached the top of the company. And since I have, we were taken to Maui for a week and it was, it's our last night here. And I thought that I would invite, uh, we have a, you've seen, heard this, you've heard this chick before. She had an episode not too long back. Uh, this is Miss United States herself, mother of one, Mrs. Rachel Todd Bing. Hi. Hi. Welcome back. Thank you. It's so funny. I've pushed a baby out of my body since the last time we spoke. I know. She really has. So Rachel's like also one of my best friends in the whole world. And we actually like got off a boat. We went like sailing today. And we've actually been hanging out all day. So it's we were sitting here and I was like, we really need to, I really need to get this episode done. And I really want to talk about this. And she was like, I'll do it with you. So here we are. Um, You know, okay. So Debbie Neal. We both know her. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. That episode this week, I know you guys listening, I know you love that episode. I know you loved it so much because you told me all about it. Um, I adore Debbie. And one of the things that she talked about in that episode was being proactive versus being reactive. And Rach, I know this is something that really is like it hits home for you and is close to your heart, this idea of, you know, your story and what you do with it. I would love to hear like what your, uh, I guess, opinion or definition is of like being proactive versus being reactive. Like what are the first things that come to mind? Something that's actually striking me right now is, uh, as you said, you wanted me to sit here and talk to you about this. I was like, oh God, I don't know if I'm like in the right mindset to actually start having an intelligent conversation right now because we did have a margarita on the boat or two. Hmm. And actually- it's true. (laughs) Actually, something that's coming to mind is it's been on my heart a lot lately is breaking generational patterns. Mm. And in watching family members in my life who are reactive, I have to say I give credit to them for exemplifying what I don't want to be. And it's not their fault, right? So we all right. we 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 move through life and we we interact with other humans with the tools that we've been given up until that point in our lives and we can't expect more or less from other people and that, as soon as you can accept mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. yeah the less I, I always say I always say like I always just assume that everyone is like doing their best with what they have mm-hmm. right it's it we it's really easy to get like lost in this idea that oh you're horrible or you're just a, a dick or right. like you right. know you're just an asshole right but actually I, I do think that pe- for the most part, of course, there's unicorns, there's exceptions to every rule, but I do think that like people for the most part are doing the best they can with what they have. Right. Continue. And so in watching people in my life, very close vicinity in my mm-hmm. life, being very reactive humans, I think mm-hmm. that's what drove me to try to understand how to be more proactive. Mm. And I think when we say the word proactive, generally what you're thinking about is like when you're in school and like your teacher would be like, no, your project is due in three weeks, so be proactive about it. That's not what we're talking about. And that's not what I did. <laughs> Were you a procrastinator? 
No, I would cry at night if I didn't have my work done on time. And I was in the gifted program, so they would layer on extra work because I would oh. go to the gifted class and then come back to my regular class. And like my teacher would hand me the stack of what they did that day, and I'd go home sobbing how I was behind. Oh my gosh, I was, was absolutely stressful. a pro a procrastinator. That yeah. doesn't surprise you. No, no, I like it was I'm an sitting art. in your room right now, and I'm having an anxiety attack about how much you have to pack. Yeah, so there's that. Um, yeah, I. I think people are – like, I think what we have to learn as humans that we are not our generational trauma, mm-hmm. right? Like, we are not that. No. And it exists, and it's there, and it's real, and it's – But it can be your story for as long as you allow it to be. Ooh, tell me more. Well, there was this awesome lecture by Michael Beckwith on Super Soul Sessions. Mm-hmm. And he just went through the different stages of we all have been victims in our lives or you currently are playing the victim in your life. And Mm. there's like about four different layers that you need to go through in order to get out of that place. And I forget the names of his layers. You should totally Google this episode of his lecture. It's phenomenal. But it really struck me because I was like, holy shit, I stayed in victimhood for a really long time because it was so comfortable and it was like, People give you sympathy mm, and like, yeah. oh, yeah. poor you. It becomes or, your identity. Oh, my God. And so mm-hmm. you can you can literally stay in that for – some people stay in there their whole lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, when I was married, like before Owen's dad, like when I was married, I was miserable, miserable for years before I actually like admitted to myself that I was miserable. And um, I, think, I think you're right. Like I think I was so – you know, I come from a divorced family who, you know, they did the best they can with what they had, but it wasn't great. Like, they fought all the time. Um, And it's interesting because for a long time, like, when I was just unhappy in my marriage, people would always, they would feel bad for me. They would, oh, I'm here for you. Like, let me know if you need anything. You don't need to live like this. And I think I got used to, like, I got used to that. And so I would just react to what everybody was saying in a way that just, like, kept me where I was instead of, proactively being like, I need to come up with like an exit move, like an exit strategy here. Cause this ain't it. Like whatever this is, it ain't it. Mm-hmm. Totally. My dad left when I was 19 and I lived in that space for a really, really, really long time and allowed that to be the reason why I would drink too much when I lived in Nashville and go mm. like out to the bars and party and just mm-hmm. live my life and ignore like the getting to understanding what had happened and why I was reacting that way. And yeah. You, it was fun to play the victim for a while, right? Like, and so maybe you're listening to this episode and you're thinking like, God, I mean, I have been living in that same story. And as long as you continue to allow that story to just play on this endless record, mm-hmm. you could be 75 and realize you've been living in victim. And I think that a lot of characteristics of victims is like, obviously blaming everybody else for their problems. They justify, justify, they compare, compare. They tend to be, uh, I don't know, just not achieving what they should be achieving in their lives with their gifts and their, their, their skill set. Like, and like, I think, I think you mean should like that. And that should be achieving is really just what you know that you should be achieving with the gifts that you've been given yeah, in this life. That not has shiny. nothing it has nothing to do with like what other people think you should be doing. That's mm-hmm. like what you know you should be doing based on what you have. Right. Like mm-hmm. you're just not shining your light. You're yeah. really not. Yeah. That's and you're not you're not serving others with that and you're not serving yourself. And yeah. as you were saying earlier, like during yoga class when you taught it this morning, like we do need everybody to shine their light in whatever shape or form that looks like for you. Like I need you mm-hmm. to shine your light because 
the the way this world is going right now, like it's heavy. Mm-hmm. It's heavy. It's and heavy. for those of us that are doing work, like we are doing the work, mm-hmm. I need you guys. I don't know how we got on this subject, but I always say to people lately when I'm speaking, I'm like, I need you guys to do the work too. Like I need you guys to shine because you got to keep encouraging me to keep doing it. Yeah, we all got to keep going. Um, yeah, we all got to keep going. You what, know, what you originally wanted to talk about was just for me, like proactive versus reactive real quickly. When yeah, it like comes what to is, like, yeah, what's like your your definition of that? And like, so for me, tips. the tools that I've used yeah. come from yoga actually. And I forget which, who said it, but it's like, there's a space, maybe we talked about this on my episode, so maybe this is like a theme in my life, but mm-hmm. there's a space between when something occurs in your life and the way that you choose to handle it. Mm-hmm. And yeah. in that space lies your power. And when you meditate, when I meditate and when I practice mindfulness, and if you haven't tapped into mindfulness yet, just start Googling, start reading some books on it. Yeah. That space gets really, 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 really big. Mm-hmm. That space increases. Yeah, and it does. so when you would have normally reacted in a way that continues to lead to perpetual patterns that have happened in your life all the time with family members or triggering people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're proactive, that space is large and you can take a moment before you decide mm-hmm. what you're going to do with that trigger. Yeah. And change the whole whole outcome of the scenario right because it makes you um you know it it gives you kind of like it gives you your power back it gives you a tool to overcome whatever it is that you're you know walking up against Mm -hmm. I always imagine like this giant wave in front of you and you can either like react and run the other way like that wave is still going to get you Mm -hmm. or you can proactively try to dive under it right you can't stop I mean, you really can't control like and the example I'm thinking of is like a triggering triggering family member right yes you can't you cannot do the work for them. You can't you, change them. Mm-mm. No. No, mm-hmm. you can't change them. You can't change you can't change like anybody in your past. Like who people are is who people are. And I think when we meet people where they're at, regardless of, you know, whether or not you agree or disagree or whatever it is, but meeting people where they're at also gives you the it liberates us in a way to not expect everybody to do what we do or pro, like react how we react or you proactively do something that we would do. Mm-hmm. Be grateful. I mean, if you're in the age bracket of like under 40 right now, I think that we have to just be grateful that we have a lot more access to this information. I'm yeah. thinking of like our parents and specifically my dad, like he's done some work. He's dug into like, you know, he's read Gabrielle Bernstein books because I recommended them mm-hmm. or he's tried meditating. He's like trying to do the work, but that's the tip of the iceberg for that generation and up. Yes. Well, because they, they are, they're in generational trauma. The older you get, the, the deeper seated and deeper ingrained your generational trauma is within inside within you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I even think about like Breezy. I mean, Breezy's in this room right now, so she's going to hear this, but I even think about Breezy, like her and I are about four years apart and even she has a harder time addressing her generational trauma than I do Mm -hmm. as somebody who's 33 versus 37. Mm -hmm. Like for her, it's really hard to, you know, kind of take a step back and be like, okay, how can I move through this in a proactive way Mm -hmm. versus reacting based on patterns and systems that have been general generationally ingrained in my life mm-hmm. and that's hard i think i agree with you i think the younger people are i mean thank goodness the newer generation is going to not have that in the same way or 
and or and they're going to be able to talk through it better than even we are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, I think too, guys, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my gosh, like I have, I, I react to everything. I react, I'm always reactionary. Think about if you're if you're wondering if you're one if you're like how do I know if I am um, when someone cuts you off in traffic do you smile and bless them and say have a good day or do you freak the fuck out fucking asshole like yeah I mean that's just like a small example that's a small example I'm even thinking like you have to I'm even thinking about okay so you'll know this and like for anybody listening out there like there was something that happened um in our company a couple months ago that I could have very easily reacted to mm-hmm. in a very negative way and because it was deeply personal mm-hmm. it was a deeply it was it felt it could I could have taken it as a deeply personal attack on who I am and how I live my life right and I think 10 years ago I would have. Mm-hmm. I would have reacted negatively. I, I in this situation, I, I I took a step back and I thought people are doing the best they can with what they have. They don't know what they don't know. And the only way through this is if I proactively have conversations and ultimately like it worked out fine. Mm-hmm. You know, but I, I think about who I was 10 years ago and I would have reacted. I think about like relationships. Breezy always says to me, she goes, you know, you would never let anybody treat you the way that certain relationships in your life have treated you. You would never let anybody treat you like that again. And I think it's because, like you said, like the more you do the work, the more you tap into what it is that is triggering you, realizing that you are not your generational trauma. You do not have to stay in that. You are allowed to break free of your generational trauma and then move beyond. You need to, yeah, you need to. I mean, yeah, you need to. Like that's your salvation. Breaking free of your generational trauma is your salvation. Wow, that was a good line. I'm just really proud of myself for that one just now. You look really proud of yourself. Thank you. Thank you. I don't ever get to record with people in person. This is fun. Oh, that's true. Yeah, this is fun. Um, I, I'll say, like, my advice, if you if you struggle with this. And you don't even know where to tap in or, like, how mm-hmm. to even. Yeah. Like, my. Where would you, my, tell, where would you tell them to start? I would say, like, get, like. Sit with like yourself, meditate with yourself, sit with yourself in silence for a little bit and just get a piece of paper and a pen. I did this once and just write down like your biggest pet peeves or insecurities or things in your life that are currently like nagging at you, write them down and then look at that list and decide how much of this stems from your generational trauma people that have come before you that have ingrained this into you or like the the system that you grew up in or the area that you grew up in or the belief system that you grew up in. And then, I mean, for me, it was just like, I just started to whittle away at those things and say, okay, this was what my, you know, mom did because she didn't have, she did the best she can with what she had. That has nothing to do with me, bless and release. I don't know. It's easier said than done, but like, that's how I started. Mm -hmm. What would be your biggest one? Like where to start? Yeah, the where to start. Mm. Find it if you have never been to a yoga class, go to a yoga studio. Mm, and I mean, yeah. I'm just thinking of people who don't even know what mindfulness means, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just going like really basic here. And that is like, go to a yoga class. And my fir- one of my first yoga classes, I remember I just laid in Shavasana and just started sobbing. Mm-hmm. And the teacher Same. walked over and she could just, she must have just known and she just said, you need to let go. Mm-hmm. And I just, that of course triggered me more. So I was crying more. And I was like, 
how do I get more of that? Yeah. What was that? Yeah. And um, I had that same experience with yoga. Yeah. Yoga saved my life. But have some yoga found me. Have some conversa- have some conversations. I mean, yoga teachers, I, I feel like, are always willing to talk after class or mm-hmm. explore something that came up for you during that class. But if you're, you know, especially if you're thinking right now, like, how the heck is an exercise class, right, quote unquote, going to help bring that stuff up for me, then definitely. Well, we could talk about that all day. Right? We could talk about exercise class all day. Right. I think, I think like, that's how you know if you're reactionary or proactive. <laughs> like, if, that's how you know if, like, am I reactive or proactive? Go to a fitness class that you've never done before, whether it be yoga or soul cycle or a boxing class or whatever. And the first time it gets hard or, like, emotionally, physically hard, what is your first reaction? Mm-hmm. Is it to react or is it to move through it? Mm-hmm. Because that's that's a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Or untangle Christmas lights. Yeah. How do you feel about untangling Christmas lights <laughs> or like untangling necklaces? Oh, yeah. I still feel... Nice I'm, and slow. It'll get better. It'll get fast. It'll get done faster. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, that it's kind of funny that we're going to say this, but it really is one step at a time. Mm-hmm. Like I think... As you as you're on this journey of kind of healing anything from your past, just really take it one step at a time because it is your journey and it's your sacred journey and there is no rush and there's no race. No, there's no. The, it, the beauty is in the unfolding. Mm-hmm. Truly, yeah, there's and no timeline. I'm still on that journey too. I really am. I mean, everybody, I same. Yeah, we're yeah. layers like onions. You know, ogres have ogres layers. Have layers. <laughs> onions have layers. If you've never seen Shrek, that's your homework. And in the morning, I'm making, I'm making waffles. waffles. You anyway. may have seen a house fly, maybe <laughs> even a horse fly, <laughs> but never, never have you ever seen, seen a donkey, donkey fly. fly. Okay, on that note, this has been fun. Uh, Rachel Todd, I love you so much. You're the best. It's been fun to be on vacation with you. And um, anybody out there, we have your back. We love you. You can go to the Rachel Todd on Instagram. You can go to at Danielle underscore on the daily. Send me a DM if you want a video of my impersonation of Eddie Murphy and Shrek. Yeah. Or just slide into her DMs and ask her anything about like what she's, you know, what she's talking about. She's a smart cookie and she can help you. Have a beautiful day wherever you are. And uh, like my friend Chris Chandler says, I hope that you have the day that you need. Mm. Love you, Rach. Love you.